Hey, everybody, if you're looking for new fitness equipment to add to what you have and you want to find something that really complements the steel mace that you're swinging already, consider going with freedomstrength.us. They have strongman sandbags, throwing sandbags, uh, all kinds of lifting gear. They have training sandbags, resistance bands, and weight vests, and they have apparel. And if you use the discount code SMN10 at checkout, you're going to get 10% off. You're going to help support the podcast and you're going to help support a good American company right in Pennsylvania, U.S. of A. So check out freedomstrength.us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Steel Man Station podcast. I am Fred Moore, and my guest is Dr. David Dahl, who is a uh, performance-based personal trainer at Lynchpin Performance, Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Did I say your last name correctly? Yep. David Dahl. Uh, okay. The only thing is I'm a physical therapist. Oh, I'm First sorry. No, it's good. A lot of what I do looks like personal training, though. Yeah. And so some people will kind of like look at me weird. It's just like, why are we lifting weights and why are we doing all these barbell movements? You're a physical therapist. Like, where's the TheraBand? And so yeah. it's kind of like, well, this is what we do. Like, you're not going to be lifting rubber bands for the rest of your life. So we're going to work with barbell stuff and kettlebells and maces and all the fun things. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And you use steel mace and steel clubs. And it's funny because I in my notes, I actually have it written physical therapist. And I still said personal trainer because I was just watching all your Instagram videos to prepare for this podcast. Wow. So, yes, uh, you're you know, I saw you doing like stretching and all kinds of stuff like that. And like in the background, I could see you got your steel mace and everything. How yeah, over there. yeah, now I just for the audience's uh purpose here, the reason why I'm talking to you is because you were referred to by George Wiggins. George has been on the podcast two or three times now. He's a firefighter, just recently re recently retired, big strong dude. Um, he's loves the steel mace, he loves steel clubs, he's been training with that stuff for a while now that's why he's been on a podcast and then he's mentioning well there's this doctor i go to him for my uh physical therapy and um and i asked i said you know what does he think about like steel clubs and all that stuff he's oh he he loves it and i'm like oh he's got to come on the podcast because i am looking for ammunition my friend ammunition because there's still people out there, doubters, they, I call them, the doubters, the, the heretics. They don't think steel mace and steel clubs is uh, worth a shine, and I tell them it is. And now we're going to get a doctor's opinion. Perhaps we could call this a second opinion. Second opinion. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's how uh, George and I actually met. I think his, his Instagram handle is 502 Steel Mace, and he just kind of popped up and recommended to you, and I shot him a message because I had – just started getting into mace work and it's just you know how it is when you learn something new and you just dive deep and you're like yeah what 
this. I want to learn everything about it. We went out for breakfast one morning and he showed me his, uh, his clubs and maces and stuff in the back of his truck and swung those around in a, a parking lot of a diner and probably looked kind of weird, but it's like, this yeah. is awesome. This dude is awesome. Yeah. Maces are fantastic. And it's, it's been a fun journey um, since we started using those in the clinic. It really has. Okay. So how long have you been incorporating mason clubs into your practice? From the beginning, um, so I started off as a side hustle. So I've been a PT for a while. I've been doing linchpin performance for right at two years. It's our two-year anniversary. And I started off just doing a mobile side hustle, right? And um, so I was carrying around a, a, a bed, a duffel bag full of like some, some dry needles and stuff. And then I, I had a sandbag. And uh, so I was just going from place to place, meeting people at their gyms and whatnot. And then, uh, you know, COVID was going on right at that time. And so gyms had, had shut down. Um, people were getting kind of weirded out about things. And I couldn't lift. I, I couldn't really work out. I had my, my sandbag and I had, you know, a couple kettlebells at the house. And the, the gym that I was working out in was a very, like, bodybuilder-esque gym. And so we were able to uh, – so I was doing that. And I was going – growing really tired and I'm, that's like I've always been a functional fitness type guy I realized one day hey I'm not farm strong anymore um, I don't have the balance I don't have those little stabilizer muscles I've been doing a lot of bodybuilding style things and so I just started looking hey what's out there during COVID um, I'm gonna be able to work out at home let's rebuild myself and started seeing some mace stuff and I was like hey this is pretty cool that looks like a really versatile tool what what did you find cool like what when you saw it on i guess instagram like i did like when i first saw it i said what the hell is that get out of here yeah. and that, that's i blew it off what did you do did you right away zone in on it and say yo this is something or did you have the same response as me dude i, I honed right in on it and so for a lot of my physical therapy career i'm working with firefighters i'm working with police officers with a lot of crossfitters with a lot of like mixed martial arts jujitsu people and so my treatment has been very much like let's prepare you for this life of asymmetry and so even in my very first job like we had these big tubes halfway filled with water we're having people do walking lunges and twist side to side we've got like the hydro bags and sandbags kettlebells all this stuff in um, working with asymmetry it has always been huge and I don't know how I didn't run into the maze sooner I saw it and I was like this yeah I need to get one and so I ordered one um, I think I saw it on like an on it ad or something and what so were the immediate like before you tried it because what I want to yeah. isolate is your um, your presupposition to it as opposed to what you learned as you actually used it what was mm -hmm. the first thing that you thought of benefit-wise when you saw a video of it before you even had one in your hand. Right. So are you familiar with uh, the, the term multiplanar stability? Yes. Okay. So yeah, so, so we all move in like three dimensions and we want to stabilize people in those dimensions, especially in a, in a rehab or a prehab scenario. What's up, everybody? Are you in the market for a new steel mace? Look no further than Adex Maces and Clubs. Go to adexclub.com, place your order, and have them delivered right to your house. Adjustable steel mace made right here in the United States. 
And so I'm always looking for things and exercises that are outside of kind of the main uh, sagittal plane, which would be like your squats, lunges, deadlifts. And um, it's hard, especially like in that rotational plane. And historically, I've done like off-weighted squats or off-weighted um, overhead presses or deadlifts or you know you might throw 45 on one side 25 on another side to create this like rotational torsion and so it's, uh, and then the mace already had that incorporated in it and I saw with the big long you know shaft of it you know okay now we're working leverages so this one weight can be really heavy or it can be really light and then you add these movements um, which is just very beautiful and, and meditative and so I saw all these oh, all these man. videos yeah this this is it man you saw you saw pretty much the whole thing right there i saw it right away yeah i saw it right away and bought it with with your line of work people are getting hurt when when they're off balance when they're uh doing something asymmetrical yeah so basically injury is when you're asking your body to do something that it cannot do um, so that could be anything. And we live in a very asymmetrical world. I mean, like you got kids, you try to pick up your kid and they're, they're shaking and screaming or, you know, you're carrying groceries and it's heavier on one side. And so I think we get injured because we've got this disconnect of how are we going to train in the gym? Like, let's do curls or let's do this. And like, how does that transfer into the real world? And it doesn't. Um, so then when something unexpected happens or you've got this asymmetry, you got this kid that's trying to bust out of your arms, you hurt yourself because your body has not been trained to be able to handle that specific load. And is that for most people, the most common way to get injured? It's gosh, everybody has such different stories. I mean, like it's not nearly as common as like I fell down the stairs um like okay of course that that hurts a lot of times it's it's a slow roll where um, i'll take people through this uh this graphic where it's like we all have different compensation strategies like we none of us operate with the most efficiency that we could and when we compensate um sometimes those lead to incidences which might be like hey every time i run my knees a little bit sore or every time i give my kid a bath my, my back aches a little bit and most people kind of stay there but then if you kind of continue that trajectory enough compensations now you start avoiding that behavior doing something different that'll lead to an injury so a lot of people i talk to it's not i fell down the stairs it's man i've been having this shoulder pain it's been bumping up in intensity for the last couple of months right something about it yeah yeah. Well, I mean, I'm dealing with a little issue in my neck right now and I just had somebody look at it yesterday yep. and um, it was, it's been around for a while and I keep thinking it was from hard training or whatever, but I realized when I was talking to them, I think I, I uh, caused a, a vertebrae to, to, to move a little bit because when I was waking up in the morning, I was doing one of those morning stretches in bed and I, I, kinked my head back and I just caused it to to move because it just popped in my head something silly like that you know and meanwhile I'm thinking oh it's because I was using a 53 pound kettlebell or whatever meanwhile no it's little silly things and it's um I mean it's, it's truly the straw that breaks the camel's back sometimes is you don't know like our bodies are so good at compensating and covering things up and adapting because we're built to survive not necessarily to thrive 
And then all of a sudden something happens to cross that threshold just into your, your, your brain. It's like, Hey, Oh, something's going on. I feel threatened. Cause that's all pain is right. Like it's a perception of threat. It's an alarm system where your body is requesting change. It's like, I don't like what you're doing. Uh, do something different, please. It doesn't necessarily mean you're injured. It yeah. could, right. but we're an alarm system. So people should listen to that alarm and then figure out how to change it. If they can't, they should see a physical therapist who could help them with something, doing something. Now, I, obviously, you offer a whole slew of different ways to train people. Um, when you have athletes – uh, you you mentioned working on firefighters things like that. Have you what are, what are some other type of athletes that you've had come in? Any tennis players, uh, baseball players? I see a ton of tennis players right now. Probably the majority of what I see is CrossFitters, um, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's because CrossFit has any higher injury rate, but I think um, it attracts a lot of hyper competitive personalities. And um, people who they, they got to hit that, that four five, six days a week. They don't necessarily focus on a recovery as much. And so I've, I've been really digging working on CrossFitters lately and learning because I, I started doing it myself. I was seeing enough of them. I was like, well, I guess I better start doing CrossFit like to understand the sport better. And uh, I've been I've been doing it for about a year and it is fun. It is so much fun. Uh, but yeah, I see a ton of CrossFitters. Um, yeah, I'm seeing out of this one tennis club right now, a ton of tennis players. And depending on the seasons, you know, a lot of runners will come in, uh, a lot of power lifters. We've got a nice little strongman uh, arena here in Louisville, Kentucky. And it's just a little bit of a little bit of everything. We don't have any pro teams here in Louisville, so I haven't really tapped in to that at all. But it's everybody has bodies. And so it's just figuring out what demands you need to be resilient against and and train you specifically for that now the people who are coming in these power lifters crossfitters uh runners are are you introducing steel mace steel clubs to them yeah yeah and what's cool is you can challenge anybody at at any level for that thing and so like i might like i'm really big on on like footfall so like there's a lady i saw just about an hour or two ago who we're dealing with some knee pain she's uh, works out four or five days out of the week. I'm dealing with some knee pain, went to the doctor, hey, you're going to need a knee replacement in the next five or six years. And um, turns out she's got zero ability to control her foot, that arch in her foot. And so one of the things we're starting off on doing is she's standing on one foot barefoot and she's holding the mace um, upside down with the weight at the bottom. And then she's swinging it side to side. So creating like a pendulum motion. Right. All the while we're focusing on that footfall position. Um, I have her doing things now where like uh, she's in a split squat position with the foot maybe on a a bench or a wall. And then she goes into a a hip hinge and she's doing rows. Um, And then she might flip the mace over and do another row. And that's challenging that footfall position. And so these are like very basic exercises that create quite a bit of challenge and then you know you get to somebody who's maybe towards the end of their their rehab session and we're doing some of the big movements that um that are huge like the big 360s we're doing big lunge complexes we're just making them get super challenged um with it and i think that's what's cool about it is there's a million exercises and 
you can go online and look them and find them. And that's what I've done a lot, but also you just get creative of what does this person need and how can we stabilize them and create this resiliency to, to movement. Can you talk a little bit about uh, 360 and, and how it applies in your practice? So I see a lot of shoulders. Um, so I see a lot of crossers or see a lot of shoulders and a lot of people, a lot of people in their shoulders, they don't have a ton of mobility in their shoulders. Like, you know, they might be able to get overhead just fine, but add any like rotational, like any external rotation, add any internal rotation. They just don't have that or say, you know, you strain your rotator cuff, which is super, um, common. The rotator cuff is built as a, um, a stabilizing agent where the deltoid is going to be more of your primary mover. The rotator cuff is your primary stabilizer. And so anytime that you get into any risky positions, because like that ball is like moving back and forth, up and down. Like if you go overhead, that, that ball is rolling up. If you go out into a press, you know, it's rolling forward. So sometimes if that rotator cuff ain't doing what it's supposed to be doing, that ball is moving all over the socket. That's not what you want, and then you get a lot of pain. So first and foremost, when you got to kind of put the fire out, get the pain gone, figure out, okay, what is going on, and then you progressively resist them to the point where you can get in this position out here. You can get in an overhead position or an overly extended position where you don't have pain. So then once you work the, the stability component, or you get the mobility, then you get the stability, and then you can start adding in a lot of dynamic. You start adding in a lot of plyometric work, and that's where a lot of the, the 360s come in. It's typically a little bit later. Okay, um, yeah. Progression. Just from, you know, people come with pain, and that's a big movement. <laughs> that is a, a really large movement. Yeah, so you wouldn't necessarily have a shoulder issue and right out of the gate pick up even a 10-pound mace, which is pretty light, and start moving that way because the shoulder's just not ready for that. Yeah. And it's kind of putting the cart before the horse. You have techniques as a physical therapist that you could, you could employ where you're going to get that shoulder ready. But then once it, you get down the, the pike a little bit, it's time to grab this mace and get you swinging. Is it, uh, do you find it to be an effective exercise better than most other things that have traditionally been used as in that step, in that process of getting better? Or is it swappable with other things? It's just more of a variety thing. I, I guess it depends on, on the person, what exactly is going on. If we're going just sheer statistics, yeah, it helps a lot of people because a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people are, are, are big on these big compound lifts or yeah. isolation work. Like if you're seeing like a bodybuilder or somebody who's just gone to the gym and do that. And so they've got no capacity to be able to stabilize in a, in a rotational plane of motion or your frontal side to side plane of motion. And so that is something that needs to be beefed up. And so like, hey, you're really strong in squats. But like, what happens if you throw a mace on your back? Or what happens if you get a mace and you go into an overhead position and squat? Are you able to stabilize with that? Most people are not. And so we're heavily focusing on that. And towards the end of my treatment, I don't see people super frequently. Like we might get to the point where I'm seeing you once every three to four weeks and we're checking in. I say, hey, here's your responsibility between this session and next session. Um, go buy a mace, go buy a kettlebell, whatever it is um, that we're working on and close that gap. We have identified uh, 
basically places that you are not up, up to snuff. And you need to close that gap and get super strong here, 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 and this is how you do it. I'm not going to hold your hand. I'm going to tell you what to do, and you're going to be expected to do that because this is your body. I'm going to help you out as much as I can, but this is your responsibility. And what that does, it teaches independence. Like, I don't want them coming to me every second of the day saying, hey, I've got this. Like, become a good manager of your body. Learn this new tool. Learn what your weak links are in your body. Take control of that, and we're going to check in, and I'm going to make sure that you're staying on that path so this doesn't come back ever again. And you've learned so much more about your body that the next time, if something comes up, say with your shoulder and we're working on your shoulder, ideally it doesn't, um, they've got the tools to say, okay, what did we do beforehand? What did we do? Let's go back to that. So ideally, they don't have to come into my office. Uh, they can take care of that themselves, which is really the goal. That's a good, yeah, that's a great goal. They, I mean, they, they, I'm sure they enjoy coming to you, but at some point they, they don't want to keep coming forever, right? Yeah, rehab purgatory. It's just like you never, you never exit. <laughs> it's like just keep coming back. Yeah. Well, I, again, I mean, like you do run uh, a pretty uh, interesting uh, practice because you, you do look like you're, you're really training people. So when you have a power lifter come in, and they have their set of issues. Does anything differ? Is there anything different between a power lifter and say a runner who has knee issues? Uh, do you use the mace or clubs differently or do you kind of use the same exercises uh, for both? There's a lot of different exercises that I use and I try to, I try to be as flexible as I can. Like I never know what I'm doing with somebody until they come in. Okay. Because uh, they could be like, hey, the, what we did last time was awesome. I'm feeling great. I'm back to running or I'm back to powerlifting and zero pain. Um, and so then what I'll do is when they come in, we, we check in and then we'll kind of go through everything again, kind of like a mini assessment. Hey, what uh, objective things did we find last time that were not up to par? Where are they at today? And then that's going to direct my treatment. So it's like, hey, I want you to practice this right now. So then we'll roll, roll through typically like a skill or strength component just to achieve a desired like fatigue effect. And then I'll typically throw them in some sort of mini circuit or, or just movement protocol. And I'm always, always adjusting things. I'm like, Hey, I don't like the way you're doing that. You're not doing it well. So let's make it a little bit easier or, Hey, that looks really easy. You're not working hard at all. Do this. And so I think like you can take one exercise um, and you should be able to, as a good practitioner, know how to make it diffi more difficult. You should be able to know how to make it easier because the idea is to, to find the hardest thing that somebody does well, and that's what's going to create real change. And it's just like if they're, if they're you know, playing with bands and not getting fatigued, if you're a power lifter playing with a little yellow TheraBand, you're wasting your time because you're mm. not going to provide anything. And so the maces, it's a super versatile tool. And I think having a, a wide variety of exercises and the capability of this tool is huge. And so you just kind of try to identify, like, what am I trying to get? Like, what stimulus am I trying to get out of this exercise? It could be, um, you know, some rotational core stability. It could be some, some hip mobility. It could be some foot stability. Okay, there's 6 million exercises that I could do. Um, what is the right one for you? And so... Everybody's 
sessions, they look completely different, um, session to session and between different people. And it's, you know, you, you may have a power lifter who's really weak in their hips. You may have a runner who's really strong in their hips. And those are kind of like not what you typically see. And everybody's, everybody's individual. And that's why I ended up branching out on my own so I could see people one-on-one. -on -one. Um, typically when you see people two, three times, uh, two to three to four at a time, um, you miss those little things and you end up having to like write down and, and give it to um, a technician and say, hey, have them do this. You've got no ability to, to be flexible. Wow. I, I appreciate that that's the way you run your business. You really take your time with your people and you, you want to be involved 100%, like you said, instead of outsourcing it to uh, another employee who's only half involved themselves because they're doing all these other tasks that you have them do, right? Probably, hey, go get my dry cleaning and stuff. <laughs> but no, that's really cool. You're not trying to cram a bunch of stuff in. And um, I, I think that that should be definitely uh, pointed out, you know, because uh, some people, they just want a lot of money and they just want to crush all day long and, and uh, you, you might be able to make a few more bucks, but you're thinking about quality, right? A quality service, um, which is, uh, again, I, I, I applaud that. Now, I have a question going back to your one client you mentioned with, the, with her foot. Uh, I guess like her, her arch would collapse or, or she just doesn't really have much control. Why does using the mace um, help? Uh, any different than say doing a just a regular foot exercise where she's not using a mace at all yeah so with her in particular um i'm going back in the into my mind i know there's a lot of foot stability there's a lot of of hip instability going on there as well and so for her standing say doing a a single leg like rdl or a single leg hip hinge or a a mini pistol squat and things like she just does not have the physical capacity to do that well yet and so what i'm using is the mace like she can stand up perfectly fine on her on one foot she can balance all day on that um so what's kind of the, the middle ground there between just standing there and maybe doing more of a dynamic movement like a single leg rdl it's like well if you have a mace and you have you know this outside force that you're constantly having to stabilize against it's incredible. And it's not your body. It's something that you have to react to. And I think that's the beauty of it. And that's real life is there's all these external things coming that you have to respond to. And so that's one of the cool things about the mace in that specific scenario where I really like to use that. Um, a kettlebell might, I mean, a kettlebell could do something pretty similar with that. Like you could just do like a handoff, um, but a handoff might be kind of jagged. Um, whereas a a pendulum moving with the mace, it's, it's a lot smoother. There's going to be a, a greater time under tension that she has to have. And it, it just works fantastic for that specific situation. So I take it though, that she had to be coached up or trained up to the point where she could use the mace while also working on her foot. This is not again, something like, Oh, first day here, your foot's messed up here, grab a mace and start doing something. Right. Yeah. So the, the adding in the mace gets the the client the practitioner uh, involved in um, a new a new dynamic that they have to 
use while they're using while they're working on the old dynamic it's you're you're building up a layer of yeah. involvement right which helps them um with their mental focus right it, it kind of makes them more um interested if you will in their training uh they're not just doing the same foot exercise that the doctor's been telling me to do for the past 10 weeks right yeah and the cool thing is like so it's novel like you've never experienced right. it before so you're learning a new task and the the cool thing about your brain and nervous system is it's very curious and it's very receptive to novel stimulus so something that it has never seen before so instead of having this like shun response is like hey what is this let's lean into it and so by providing something that they have never seen before their nervous system has never experienced anything like this before it it creates an entryway into being able to load the tissue much more in a different way and then that's going to create more resiliency and so it's all about finding that entry into exercise and finding the hardest thing that they can do well and these tools um, specifically the mace like it's so new the perceived threat level from your nervous system and brain is very 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 low yeah and so it's fun now this is this is interesting now let me let me see if i can peel this back a bit if you have this woman and you're introducing the mace to her, which now this is a new experience, she has to um, her her central nervous system. She's gonna she's gonna adapt uh, new neural pathways. Mm-hmm. She's working on the foot, but she's doing this. She's doing a pendulum, but she's working on the foot. Are we by doing this helping neural pathways develop? for the foot as well? Oh, 100%, yeah. Because when you talk about changing a motor control pattern, like, you know, we we move the way we do because we've adapted to do so. And she has adapted her foot to just have a really crappy footfall position. She doesn't know um, that, that that's not an automatic task for her. And so we have to create a skill, much like, you know, if you're trying to teach yourself how to juggle, like that's going to be super messy and you're so you've got to figure out how to forge those new paths and it's just neuroplasticity that's all it is how can i teach you this task most efficiently and make that your new automatic and that's what it's going to take that's what it takes in a lot of these people and that's why um, we'll stretch out sessions of like hey i want you to work on your footfall for the next month like make that your default thing to go to here's a way that you can make this a little bit tougher. Here's a way that you can make this a little bit easier. But when you come back next time, this is going to be a lot better. Um, and so it's, it's all teaching. It's reprogramming your body to fire in a more efficient way because it wasn't firing efficiently. You got hurt. You had pain. All right, let's move out of that. There's going to be a learning process. It's not just, hey, let's let's crack your back and uh, stick a needle in you and, and send you off. There has to be a secondary transfer um, and a learning that takes place. And the mace is just a tool that does that. Yeah, that's that's incredible stuff. I love to hear this. And I, I in general, I just like how we're we're talking about this nitty gritty, right? Yeah. The, the most detailed stuff that you could do with your physical fitness, uh, you know, going back, broad strokes, compound movements, deadlifts, you know, there's all sorts of nuanced detail, but that's sort of like the big, the big swath that we're taking. Now, 
we're talking about, well, what are these minute adjustments? So you have a power lifter who is just ripping weight off the floor and, and just going hard and heavy all the time. And you take this person and you give them these detailed tests, mm -hmm. which from afar, well, maybe people even think it's a little bit of a snooze fest. Like, man, what's really going on here? But all this stuff feeds back into whatever it is that they're doing. It does, and that, that has to be made clear. Like, hey, what is your goal? Like, I had a, a um, competitive CrossFitter in a couple months ago, and uh, their goal was to compete without pain. They were having just a ton of shoulder and, and neck pain specific with, um, I want to say it was like pull-ups and, and handstand push-ups. And so it's like, she, this person is strong as all get it. They could easily beat me up. Um, crazy CrossFit competitor, but the, there was mechanics that were just, wrong it's like hey you're overusing this you're underusing this we need to teach this so you can do better at handstand push-ups so you can do better at at pull-ups because it's inefficient and what's cool is that when you it's like when you make these things more efficient um there are less force leaks so a force leak is if you're not behaving as efficiently as possible you can't lift as much so it is not uncommon for somebody to come back and say i just pr'd on my squat i was like we haven't even loaded you yet, man, um, on a squat, but you just PR'd your squat because, well, maybe your hip's moving a little bit better. Maybe yeah. your foot position's a little bit better. And so you always have to point it back to what is what is their goal um, and why do they want to do that? You just get to the why, 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 why. It's like, well, why are handstand push-ups important to you? Why is competing in CrossFit important to you? And um, it's always pointing back to that reason. I could care less if um, about getting you out of pain, like you can pop an Advil or take a shot of bourbon or something, you're out of pain. The goal is for you to do what you want to do in life, uninhibited, unscared of doing that and freedom. And that's what it's about. <laughs> Freedom's a good one. Yeah, I like that. Now, about a year ago, year and a half ago, I had on uh, some guys who do powerlifting. And they liked to use heavy mace swings for their lifters who would do the snatch and then they would rotate, you know, snatch overhead. And then there'd be like a, a leak, as you just mentioned, and it would cause a little bit of a rotation, right? So they would use heavy swings to help the athlete fix that. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting thing. And we talked about it for a little bit, but I didn't really dive that deep into it and um i was wondering if maybe you could help me understand that a little bit better yeah. i i understand rotational movement we're using our core mm -hmm. but uh what is what exactly is happening when there's a snatch overhead and then that leak occurs and the person starts to rotate and they have to drop it and they don't complete the lift or they're not able to balance it out what's happening there why does 360s fix it and there, there could be a lot happening anytime you do anything overhead um, especially in a, in a snatch position it's like everything gets magnified so like if you've got junky um, ankle mobility that that's yeah. going to come that junky shoulder mobility that's going to come out it is just such a, a technical lift that everything has to be firing well and so if if you know you're rotating in this overhead position it could you know, starting all the way at foot position, um, your your hip stability could really suck. You know, a lot of your you know hip abductors, like your side butt muscle, 
um, your core, um, just ability to uh, not to stabilize against a rotary motion could be off. Um, the landing, like the catch of that of that snatch. Um, Okay, if, am I catching forward? Am I catching backwards? And how am I going to try to correct that whenever you're catching the bar? Um, scapular stability. Are you like overusing like your, your upper trap on one side and using this fine? So now it's gonna create this, this asymmetry that, you know, and if you got a ton of weight over your head, uh, it's gotta move somewhere. Yeah. And so with, with I think the 360s, I mean, there's probably, so there's a lot, obviously a lot of core engagement going on there. You've got to stabilize the, the lumbar spine. Um, you're getting a lot of rotator cuff activation through an entire range of motion. Um, and ideally you're getting some pretty decent like scapular stabilization as well. Just kind of locking those shoulder blades down and back as, as you're doing that rotation. And so in my mind, you're, you're kind of hitting a ton of birds with one stone just with that swing. And so you're priming everything that needs to be primed for this big ballistic activity. Once it's primed, it's, it's executed well. And so, yeah, you, you see stuff like that all the time, which is really fun. Yeah. That, now that I realized that was sort of a loaded question for you because really what you need to do is have the athlete perform the movement so you could analyze every detail. You can check their ankles and all that stuff. So, I mean, you pretty much covered all the possibilities of what, what it could be. As far as the mace is concerned, can you or do you ever have people perform with a mace in front of you so that way you could sort of use it as diagnostic tool? Like you'll, you'll almost like have them do stuff with it looking to see if there's a leak in their ankle or anything like that? Um, so for, for general movements, I don't okay. as much like, I mean, I'll see a lot of body weight, like squats and show me, show me your hip hinge, show me some single leg movement. If I'm really trying to draw something out of them, that's when I add weight or I, I add a resistance and then I compare it side to side. Okay. It's like, Hey, you're able to do this reverse you know, max lunge really well with this mace on this one side, but on this side, you know, that, that big foot, that big toe keeps coming up or, Hey, your, your hips are dipping when you're doing this. Um, I didn't pick that up in body weight, but then the mm -hmm. second that you add some stimulus or, um, what I like to do is introduce a pretty big fatiguing component. So say I'm dealing with somebody with low back pain and, um, they can do everything that I asked them to do in here in terms of any types of, uh, mace movements, planks, lunges, whatever. I might have them roll through, you know, five or six sets of heavy deadlifts. And then I say, okay, here's going to be your circuit. You know, you're going to do a 45 second sprint on our echo bike. Um, then you're going to come back and you're going to do a couple, you know, reverse lunges with, with the mace. And then you're going to go overhead with the mace and do some lunges. Um, and then you're going to go back and do another 45 seconds. And we're going to do three to four rounds of that. So by the time that they get to that third or fourth round, they may have executed everything perfectly. Now they're exhausted. And I get to see what is your default pattern? Have we really changed that? Yeah. Um, or you might notice, hey, that, that toe's coming up with that. That hip's dipping. Um, we still need to focus on that because that's your default when you get tired. Yeah, see, that's um, something – I asked that question because – I noticed it with myself. Uh, everything's perfect at one level, but when I would train or I would hire a trainer and they would push me, 
all of a sudden things start breaking down and you're like, oh, I'm not as badass as I thought I was, you know. But when I coach people with a steel mace, sometimes I'll just be like, here, just do some lunges with this mace. Yeah. And and maybe now when they lunge, they're coming up on their toe, that, that like front foot. They're coming up on their toe. They weren't doing that, though, when we were doing body weight. And yeah. I, I, it's kind of like you're, you're tricking them in a way, right? You're, you're basically tricking like them this and oftentimes if it is if it's a new movement strategy like it's a lunge but you add this component of you're holding this stick with heavy weight on the end like how am i going to coordinate my body to doing the same lunge pattern and it it just accesses a different area of the brain it accesses your body a little bit differently and you're you're teaching which is great so then whenever you step out of the car holding you know groceries in one hand um, and then everything kind of like falls going down that level. It's like, okay, you can stabilize against that because that's what you've been training at doing. And I think that's the fun um, part. Like I said, I worked with a lot of firefighters before. And it's like I, for the first couple of years, I'm like, okay, we're just going to deadlift and this and this, and we got to get strong. And, and one guy was like, you know, like that's fine. I can deadlift a lot of weight, but like, what am I going to do about the 400 pound unconscious man in the tub that I got to pick up? Like, yep. Right. I, I can't get my foot position just right. I can't right. lift. And it's like, you got to be resilient yeah. in, in all these different ways to remain healthy and injury free. And I was like, that resonated with me. I was like, why aren't we training that way? Because I mean, especially firefighters and a lot of your first responders, they're getting themselves into stupid, not stupid, weird positions that they've got to do to take care of the people that they're taking care of. And so why don't we train for that? And real life isn't any different with your average person. So we should be training that in the gym rather than doing countless bicep curls. Um, I mean, those are fun to do, but like that shouldn't be all that you do. Yeah. Well, the young firemen need to do the bicep curls because they still got to get the chicks, right? The lady. <laughs> and no. the old firemen, they got to do something else. So I guess maybe you have a prop somewhere at your gym of a bathtub with a 400 pound mannequin in it. <laughs> Man, that, uh, we might be able to do that next quarter. <laughs> that would you be 2023. Here we go. <laughs> you'll have firemen flying in around the world to try that prop out. That's, are you kidding me? That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that is, I mean, it's true. I've, I've seen it and I've stood there like, you know what? I was just deadlifting like 300 pounds yesterday and feeling awesome. And I have no idea how to get this guy out of this tub <laughs> without, without killing myself. <laughs> Yeah, you got to get them out. But uh, yeah, so it's just, it's protecting yourself. And um, there was, there's a, have you heard of the the Supple Leopard book? Before? Yes. That, the movement Bible, man. Like I got so much out of that. And I think the message of like, become like a supple leopard. And like the, the word supple just kind of makes everybody giggle and smirk a little bit. But you think of a, a leopard who is just this agile, powerful animal that sleeps right. up tree all day and it jumps down from the tree sprints kills something drags it back up the tree and eats it and it's like man if if i broke into a sprint right now i'd pull a hand and so like how can we create this like ready state if you will at all times um to face whatever the heck comes after us and for us to achieve and so that's just versatility of movement focus your training in that what are you doing all day long? Like one of the things I do between patients is I'll grab the mace and I'll do something. Yeah. I'm doing that all day. Um, there that, was a while there I was working on squat depth. Every single time I peed, I'd pull out 10 squats. 
I'm just working on my squat depth. So. While you peed? Not while I peed. That'd be pretty impressive. <laughs> That'd be or really messy. Cool. Probably, yeah, probably the messy. <laughs> but yeah, Doc, no, why, why are you all wet? And why do you smell like pee? <laughs> because um, I'm working on my squat depth. <laughs> no. Duh. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, just, just working. Just the resiliency component, I think, is huge. Um, and your training and how does that translate to, to real life? That's the biggest thing. And I think that's the most attractive thing I found about the mace is you can do a million exercises with it they're not crazy expensive you keep in the back of your truck like george so if you're you know hanging out with somebody at a diner you go outside and swing the mace around for a few minutes and you just make it part of of your life and it's great i did that in a parking lot once and i had people i was i seriously i had to be 15 feet away from any car and people were freaking out you're gonna break a window i'm like uh how it's only like 36 inches long like what are you yeah. talking about oh i could go flying out of your hand what are you a maniac like yeah i'm a maniac can i have a cigarette <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah people are funny um... yeah but everybody's funny but it's all different reasons but you know you're, you're talking about the leopard up in the tree and then i'm picturing firemen sitting around the firehouse you know, in a chair for like four hours on their phone, reading a firefighting book, whatever they do. But then when with when a fire comes in, you know, we we get on the rig quick and we're out. And sometimes we wind up in front of this fully involved house where it's extending to two other houses. And from the inception of the alarm to the time we got there, it might be less than five minutes. Right. With no time to stretch, no time to do anything to physically prepare for what is now going to become this really rapid Herculean event taking place. Yeah. And I just don't see, you know, you mentioned the leopard up in the tree, which is this natural habitat. It's just kind of laying there sleeping. But I do you think uh, mace every hour on the hour during your 24-hour shift, except for the part where you're in your cot sleeping, you think that that's the answer? Like, people just need to move? Um, or is it okay just to sit down and, and wait? Yeah. Um, so I think there, there's a saying that says the, the best posture is your next posture. And so just movement, um, a variety of, of movement, I think, is the most important thing. And I mean, like, we, we live in a culture and a society where we sit a lot. And like, I don't think it's bad to, to sit if that's what you got to do to pay the bills, but it's just like move frequently, move often. And so it, um, and figure out what your weak links are, you know, like, Hey, I'm, I'm really deficit in this area. I'm deficit on this area. So let's focus on, on this today, or let's focus on this, this week. And so like a mace is a great tool. We talked about its versatility, keep a couple maces around, um, work on that throughout the day. And like, I mean, if, if you're the type of person that's like, Hey, every hour, there's going to be a little chime that goes off and I've got five minutes for movement. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I think I don't work that way. Uh, that would stress me out. I'd always be looking at the clock. All right. I got to do mace swings in five minutes. Um, so it's helpful for me to just integrate it in. Like if I'm working with somebody, I might sit in a squat and, and talk with them for a little bit, or if I'm, yeah. um, messing around out here i might throw the mace around for a couple of minutes just like hey where am i tight like constantly analyze myself okay hey my, my t-spine is a little bit tight let's 
um, let's do some mobility over here. Hey, my low back is feeling a little bit tight. My hammies are a little bit tight. Let's just move. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. Like get as legalistic um, as you want with it. Um, I know there's lots of programs out there that you can purchase where there's like mobility um, workouts that come to your inbox every day. It's like, hey, you're going to work on this today. Yeah. Or, hey, you've got 20 minutes this evening. Here's a 20-minute mobility session. But if you've got um, two minutes, this is what you work on. Do this a couple times today. And so there's a ton of those out there, and they're all fantastic. Um, they're all probably not fantastic. There's a lot of them that are really good. Uh, it's just move. That's, that's the biggest thing. That's the best message to give to anybody, right? Just to move. Yeah. yeah. Now, when you have CrossFitters come in, what do they think about the steel mace? Most of them dig it. Yeah. Uh, they're like, what? They're, it's kind of like, what is this thing? And uh, it's always fun watching them come into my office for the first time. And it's just like, man, I've been to PT before and none of them have a squat rig or none of them have, uh, you know, kettlebells. Like, I got a 95 pound kettlebell in there. And they're like, what is this stuff? And uh, so I'm kind of showing them, they're like, what is this thing? And it's like, oh, this is a mace. Like, you gonna hold it? Yeah. And hold it, like, this is a lot heavier than I thought it would be. And it's like, yeah, like, well, what do you do with this? And I was like, do a, um, do a lunch, like hold it like this, do, do a lunch. And most of the time they'll, they're just goofing off and they'll like, kind of like fall over a little bit. They're like, Whoa, that's, that's a lot. And I was like, yeah, like probably need to train with this a lot. We're going to do a lot of cool stuff with it. And so it's just this awe of, I yeah. see a new toy. Um, I realize this is a lot harder than it looks just to do something. And so that's kind of the first step in showing people, Hey, you might be deficient in this area. Um, but I'm going to be your guide and I'm going to show you how you can be more efficient and more bulletproof and more resilient um, to, to the deficits that we found. Yeah, that's wild. I, I hate to be like so markety or whatever the word is, but like for a guy like you or any business, um, I have a friend who's a massage therapist who's using steel mace with his clients and i'm like you're probably the only massage therapist in the yeah. world who right now is using a steel mace and it's it's not a gimmick but it's a really interesting way to get customers because it they're not doing the same well they might have been to a physical therapist before where they were yanking on a string and doing some other thing and now they come to you and you're friggin' Oh, you're going to use this ancient warrior weapon and and it's this unique situation because it's physical therapy it's not the gym so they're allowed to branch out they're allowed to think differently they're allowed to try something new that maybe over at the gym they're a little shy about using or whatever um they're they're literally coming to you to learn something so their mind is already open whereas in the gym they're kind of closed-minded. Like, I know what to do. I've been doing this. You don't need to bring anything new in. Or I think, I got this, right? It's two different mindsets. It, abs it absolutely is. And then once you kind of reset that mindset and they they buy into the value and, you know, their, their time in physical therapy is going to come to an end. And then that's what makes George living here in Louisville such a, a great resource of, like, this dude lives and breathes maces. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have him come to the clinic and do some – um, some sessions with people, some group sessions of, hey, let's have a, um, a day where we just learn about maces and he can come in and just spit all the knowledge that he's gotten. Um, he's connected with several gyms in Louisville as well, just doing seminars throughout the day. Of, hey, let me introduce you to this tool. And uh, it's everyone has been met with a ton of positivity. Just like you said, it's reset. I'm going to teach you something new. I'm going to get you out of your 
comfort zone and kind of help facilitate this. And you're going to buy into the value because it's extremely valuable. Just hold it and you'll know. Yeah, uh, George uh, is great. I, he's at 502 Steel Mace on Instagram. Um, you know, I I like his style of just the way he kind of talks and the way he, sh- he trains people. And I had him record some videos for my website to, you know, you, if you subscribe, you could go and you could work out with George, you know, and it's his way. It's his way of doing things. And he's just got this very... A uh, basic attack on the on the mace that I love. It's it's not overcomplicated, and yet it's very effective. And his just his d- demeanor is good, and he he looks like a monster, and it's fun just to watch him. You know, just yeah. watch watch the guy swing something heavy and everything. He's a big boy, man, and he has got. He's I I can't say enough positive things about him. He's he's an incredible person. Yeah, I hope to one day actually, uh, you know, come down that way and meet him. And hopefully, you know, we'll be able to swing by your place. I got all kinds of plans, Dave. I got all kinds of plans. It's just a matter of implementing them. Yeah. Um, In closing, uh, your your name of your business is Lynchpin Performance. Um, I love the name. And uh, why did you choose that as a name? Lynchpin. So it's it's a common book um, that a lot of business people will be made to read in school. Um, and so kind of like the definition of a of linchpin is it's a, it's a person or it's an object or thing that is vital to the success of something else. Um, from a practical sense, it's, it's also kind of what's stuck in the wheel of an axle to keep a, um, a wheel in place. But yeah. I started using it almost as like a verb as I was working with people. I was like, man, if, if we could get this thoracic rotation better that that's going to be the linchpin to your success or like hey what's what what's this linchpin and so i was just using it again yeah. and again and so i i just resonated with the word linchpin because there's something that is going to be vital to getting you to that next spot and i try to remove myself from that i was like i'm a guide you're the person doing the work like what is what is the linchpin it could be um your overarching goal i just want to play on the um, ground with my kids without pain right. uh, i'll be pick my kid up out of the crib without my back locking up and so that okay well what's what what is the focus what what is the linchpin that's going to make that happen and um so i just like that um i like the performance component i was very specific on not adding physical therapy to the name because people have so many preconceived notions of physical therapy some accurate some are not in are inaccurate but i was like let's just stay away from that we're going to create our our own animal and we're going to roll with it and see what it turns into. I love it. That's such a, a great thing. And I'm glad I asked where you got the name from because it reveals something about you and your explanation. You're, you do look for that one thing that you could break it down to to get people moving. You have the linchpin. You're not uh, – things can be overcomplicated all the time. People – come into things with complications. Oh, it's, you know, I got this problem. They got, they got this whole rundown and you're just going to say, wait a minute, here's this one thing we're going to work on. It's going to be the most effective thing. And this is going to get you to where you got to go. So I, I like that. That shows your attention to like detail, things like that. Um, 
I'm sure people in your field are kind of already wired that way because that's the nature of your business. But I don't know. Hearing it actually, hearing you actually say, it, like, I would, if I lived in your area, I would probably be like, I'm, I'm going to work with you, man. I, I like your answer. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, if anybody watching could use that question on their uh, potential physical therapist to see if it's somebody they desire to work with. Yeah, and that is important because physical therapists are, um, everyone's different, right? Like yeah. you research what physician you go to, you research what dentist you go to, you research what chiropractor, massage therapist. Physical therapy is not a product that you get off of the shelf. Um, and I think for, for years, that's what um, it's been, where it's just like, all right, you have a knee replacement, this is what you do, go through the protocol, I'm going to give you this sheet of pre-printed exercises and, and I'm, I'm here to make sure that you implement that and count your reps. And uh, man, that's, that's not what physical therapy is. Um, and so do your research, like figure out, okay, who am I? What are my goals? Let's find somebody that understands that, who has focused all of their post-grad education into treating people like me. And I'm going to go to them. Um, it's not just like, oh, I don't care. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go here because they're all the same. And so there are, incredible physical therapists out there with a million different specializations. And so if you just do your research and call around and really figure out who's going to be the best fit, it's going to be so much better in the long run. David Dahl specializes in the steel mace physical therapy. There we go. You might be one of the very few right now doing it. I know there's some out there, but it's not a lot. So if I was in Louisville, I would definitely be, uh, looking you up david how can people get in touch with you do you have anything like a, a website or a blog or anything i have both so uh website is just linchpinperformance.com uh there's a blog attached to it i uh we the first to admit i haven't been super diligent about blog posts in the past me neither um I try to post fairly regularly on Instagram as well. So the handle is just at linchpin performance. Uh, so pretty easy to find, um, pretty easy to contact me. So if anybody has any questions, feel free to, to slide into my DMs or to, to shoot me an email or something. All right. That's it, everybody. There's, uh, that's what David's got to say. That's what I got to say. I appreciate you. Uh, watching this episode and if you're in the area and you need physical therapy look up david go check out his place and david i appreciate you coming on sharing all your information and your knowledge uh to try to uplift the steel mace community to the next level it's appreciated by me and everybody else in the community well thank you so much for having me i was been super excited about this conversation and i'm honored to be part of it Oh, that's great, man. I, I'm, I'm glad. And, uh, I, you know, I always tell people, you know, you come back and we could do it again. So anytime you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody. See you at the next one.